Welcome back. I'm Kim Valley Shoes for Leona Osborne, and this is Inside Exec. This week we're going to do something of an experiential case study, and it looks like it'll probably be in two parts. So we're looking at managing in an environment of constant change, and I think for all of us, the rate of change, whether it's brought about by economic circumstances or other issues, has been quite marked in the last 15 years, I guess we could say. So we've all got experience of working in an environment of change, but I think we are moving towards constant change. I don't think there is the opportunity for us to look at a business, at a corporate environment and say, okay, we've settled in this structure, we've settled on this client base, we've settled on this product, and now we're going to have a period of even five years where that's not going to change. I don't think the same sort of stability in terms of business and employment is available to us now as it might have been at the end of the 1990s. So let's look at and accept that we are faced with constant change in the business environment, in the work environment, and how can we manage in that environment? How can we lead in that environment? So Fuliana's going to run through her experiential case study. So it's a little bit true and a little bit of extended management ideas for you. And we'll look at whether that is applicable to other situations. What I want to share with you is something that I was very, very impressed with, with one of the people I work with and how she chose to handle that situation. I thought it was very commendable and certainly impressive. Let's call this person Mary, just to keep identities out of it. Mary was the leader of a team and they're going through a major change and it's not the first one in her organisation. Mary called the team meeting and reflected on the process. There's a, a good process in place, how to communicate change so it's consistent throughout the organisation, which includes communication at Mary's level and then from Mary to her team. So that's all is in place and worked well. So and when you say it's in place, I think this, this is the first area that causes some concern for people in a management sense is when do you start? How do you know it's the right time to start? Right. That's normally made by the executive team or by the CEO executive team. And I think the most important ingredient of that is to say to people, we will not be able to tell you everything, not because mm. we're hiding. Mm. We won't be able to... So don't to... wait till you know it all. Yes. So start as soon, earlier the better, and keep updates. And the updates will be... And just because something was omitted... It's not to be seen and make sure that is clear. That is not because they're hiding it or anything. It's either could not be communicated because they or they didn't know about it and it's just a, it's a work in progress. And, and that's something that um, normally a risk you take. You either wait till the end and tell them or when you have all the answers and all of that and that has a huge risk in people hearing and making up stories or you absolutely be honest from front but people have to be mature enough to know that it's dynamic and it will change. So in this particular organisation that bit is good and it works. What Mary said to her team is 
we've been through this before. Some of us more than time than they can um, care to remember. And what we need to do is remember two things. We will have trust based on proven um, examples in the past. We will trust what management is telling us, what I'm telling you and what I'll find out. You trust me because I've done it with you before and I was always honest and, and that. Communication as clear and complete as humanly possible. And then we look at the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario, this is Mary's choice of handling it. So there's a process in place and then she said what we're going to do is we're not going to let this take over and all our attention and focus. We're not going to forget about it and pretend it's not happening, so we're going to give it a little bit of focus, but we're going to focus on our business. However, before she went, went off the focus of the change itself, she said she's going to put something, she had a suggestion to the team that no matter how good they are, no matter how mature they are and all of those things, there will be things that will come to their mind or they see something or hear something that start playing on their mind. She didn't want them to ignore it and put their head in the sand and she didn't want to do it behind closed doors. So she came up with the idea is maybe we nominate a person from the group to be selected by the team that will have that responsibility to say, if you hear something, if you're worried, an example of that says, I heard they're not going to open the office that's planned to be office uh, to be planned to open in, in the next three months. Um, is that true or false or, or what can we know about it? To go to that person and that person is empowered to come to Mary and to other teams and to senior management to find out what's the right answer is and either take it off the agenda, give the answer or say work in progress, whatever it is. So that will give people an avenue and a place to go to address things that happen as we go along. She told the team that for her, she decided to focus very heavily, continue to focus very heavily on getting the, the, the deliverables of her and the team. And she said, because while change is happening, we still got to keep going. And she says, I'm going to tell you, some people will say, oh, you're doing it because the company, we don't want the company to fail. I said, mm, yeah, that goes with the salary. We're doing it because we want to do the right thing by the customer. Yeah, that also goes with the salary. We do it by the shareholder. Yeah, that goes with that. So what I want to do it for is because I want to be remembered for me as a total person of what I've done for the organisation, the people within it and outside it. I do not want to be remembered for there was a crisis or a change and all of a sudden I'm a different person. Mm. I don't want to be that. She said to the team, I believe in each and every one of you to be the same and I am extremely confident with the ability of each individual in our team to do the same and, and stay focused. Saying that, she just, just brought it up in the open saying, even in a very, very worst case scenario where our team is no longer required. With even more so, I want to be remembered as an individual, as a team, as we were the best to the end, we were true to ourselves to the end. So important in that sense to keep remembering that the, the reason you're doing it, the reason you're 
taking the celery home is is not altruistic. It's not for all of these other things. It is for you, but it is for you doing the best that you can do. And so that comes back to being confident about what you're doing and how you're doing it and believing in the team. And there's, there's a, an interesting concept that, that's starting to, to make the rounds in management terms about thinking of your team not as colleagues and not as workmates, but as family. They're your brothers and sisters and your aunties and uncles that are and your cousins that are in this team. And when you think about your team in that sense, you think about them in a different way. You are committed to them in a different way. You can disagree with them. You can not like them particularly, except on Christmas Day, all of those <laughs> sorts of things. But you do, at a fundamental level think differently about the group you're in if you think of them as family rather than as work colleagues or workmates or associates. And it comes back to the, the analogy that, that is given is that of the American Marines or service people in general do not talk about fellow service people. They talk about their brother and sister officers or, or whatever they are. With that, you always have each other's backs, mm. don't you? Because yeah. what you're doing, even things are tough and people are human. So if one of the team member is feeling a little bit worried because of yeah. whatever the future might hold or something, you will feel that with them yeah. and you, you know, you'll find the way of helping them through. Yeah. And so you become a much stronger team yes. and a much more cohesive unit. And all this stuff can happen from the outside, but you are there as a strength protecting one another. And longer term, if the, if the group does fall away and split off and go different directions, what you remember is that last touch point. As we do yeah. with everything, we remember the last touch point. So if the last touch point is positive, cohesive, good, mm. then when your paths cross again, and they will cross yes. again sometime during your career, then you think it was good working with that person was yeah. good working in that team I would consider it again and you do keep in touch mm. and if we follow the family thing when when a member of your family goes to to live overseas for example or interstate initially it's very sad and it's you you miss them and you don't want them to go but what you think about is it would be lovely seeing them and spending quality time so How can I make the effort to work with yes. them again yes mm. and and not only that but you know, it depends on your industry as well. Sometimes you become each other's customer or supplier or client. So mm-hmm. even if you work for different people, and how much more productive that relationship and trust is at the heart of it would be. Mm-hmm. So in all those scenarios, whether the unit is gone, whether Mary herself is gone, and she covered that, and they said, well, no, no. And she said, no, you're already more than capable of running it yourself really and one person doesn't make a difference I'll miss you etc there's no talk of that but even if so they're looking at the number of possibilities and each and every one of them will be dealt with if and when it eventuate but most importantly was in the meantime let's not just get swallowed up by that and let's be the best as we always have been to the end under all circumstances mm-hmm. so that's where that scenario and by the way the that was extremely successful and their results were amazing they always had good results but in this circumstance even more so because they felt it is it's like the last game if you mm-hmm. like <laughs> 
So we're going to end part one there and leave you on tender hooks about what actually happens in this case study because there is further to the story but you'll have to join us for part two of that. So for now that's the end of part one case study on managing in a constant environment of change. I'm Kim Bailey, she's Fuliana Osborne and this is Inside Exec.